Hello, and welcome to the DMV Business Show, a weekly show where we get to meet local business and community leaders in the DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. They get to impact their story and how they got there. You can expect to hear advice and learn about their journey and how they went from point A to point B. My name is Odo Sevilla, and I'm a commercial real estate advisor in the local DC, Maryland, and Northern Virginia area. I have been very fortunate to have worked with many amazing entrepreneurs and executives, from startup founders to international Fortune 500 companies. And one of the things I love about what I do is I get to form these great relationships with some interesting people. I get to know them and I learn about how it all started. And I love hearing a good business story. When I'm not working in commercial real estate, I just also happen to be the host of this show. So please enjoy and welcome to the DMV Business Show. Hello everyone and welcome to the DMV Business Show. I'm your host, Odo Sevilla, and today I have a special guest. His name is Furkan Yus. He's the president of Elevation Flooring. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Otto. Flattered, flattered to be here. <laughs> no, thank you. So as I was mentioned offline, Furkan, I like to start off just for the audience to get to know you a little better, how you are as a person. Um, were you born here? You grew up around here? So I was actually born in Ankara, Turkey. Um, I came to the United States when I was 10 months old uh, with both of my parents. Uh, so I, I grew up in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I went all through high school there and I ended up moving to Towson, uh, Towson University, Baltimore area to go to school at Towson University. Then I, I graduated in 2016 from college. And ever since then, I've been basically jumping well, I had multiple different companies that I worked for, but ultimately three years ago, we started Elevation Flooring with two other partners. So okay. that's Great. how everything progressed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take it way, way back from, uh, back to Turkey. You came here <laughs> at, at 10 months, so I'm sure you don't remember much. You know, I'm in a similar situation. Um, I came here to this country when I was nine months. Um, and again, I, I was born in, in Central America, though. And I grew up here in D.C., Maryland area, uh, mostly D.C., and then we moved to Maryland. Um, do you travel back to Turkey? Have you gone back? Sure. So I, I've been multiple times for leisure and vacation through the years, but most of our company is opened in Istanbul. So I spent a month there last year. And then hopefully I'm actually going to be going back for a little longer this year in between December and January to spend a couple months again. But I love Turkey. I, I love going there. I recommend anyone to spend as much time as they can there. But yeah, I tried to go, but not as much as I want to. So is, is it traveling for, for business or is it for pleasure or a combination? Lately it's for business. Okay. But I, I definitely, I, I miss the leisure part of things. You know, it's, it's really difficult to, to just, you know, when you have the time and when you have the money and everything to just make things happen. But right now it's more of a timing issue. And hopefully in a couple of years, if I have more time, I'll spend as much time as I want there. <laughs> sure. I, I'm curious with the whole thing with COVID as far as traveling, is that okay? You know, that you, you won't have any issues coming back and forth? Yeah, actually, 
Yeah, actually, Turkey's one of the few places in the world right now where there aren't really too, there was never a travel ban to Turkey from the United States. So they had one to the rest of Europe, Canada, I think to Mexico too. I don't know if they had one in Mexico, but nothing ever came with Turkey. So at no point was travel actually shut down. Turkish Airlines was running way less flights, but I think standard just you go, I don't know if they make you quarantine or not, but you go and I, I think it should be fine. I haven't. I'm, it was it was worse and it's getting better now. Okay, that's good. And I'm I'm planning on going in like 45 days, so hopefully okay. by then things nice. will be you know, way easier. So how how was it for kind of growing up in? I know how it is. Um, growing up in Gaithersburg, you know, I also like you grew up in an immigrant household here in the area. Um, how, how was that with mom and dad? I don't know if you had any siblings as well. So I, I did, I, I had a sibling, she's all 10 years younger than me, so she's just turning 15, and, uh, you know, growing up in an immigrant household, it's just, I'm sure as you know, you just really don't know everything, you know, your parents are trying to guide you the best way they know things, but, you know, even at the smallest hiccup, you know, at, at normal teenager things, they start freaking out, you know, and, you know, my parents used to, you know, really like hover over me a lot and you know at the smallest thing that just think the whole world is collapsing i'll never have a chance to be successful and, you know any of that but eventually as you know things started going you know as i started growing up and they started seeing how you know in america things are a little different things really started to just kind of chill for them and with my sister they're like totally different <laughs> they were with me you know they're way more relaxed it just they were things in America and it's not the same like it was in you know our countries yeah I'm sure very different of, totally different in how they grew up in Turkey compared to when they came here to America and the DC metro area yeah yeah um yeah and, but mm -hmm. sorry go ahead no no go ahead for yeah it's you know but eventually like, it's the, the the contrast between it's just really funny just between sibling because I was the oldest I'm the oldest one but you know you see how parents can just see that okay the first one he ended up fine after all of that so you know most likely this one's going to be okay too so like you know the things that they never let me do they don't even care with her so that's just it, hilarious it, it, it changes I, I have three little boys and it's true uh, I see it firsthand the first one you're a little bit more cautious with everything but then after the second one, you're like, okay, it's fine. They're alive still. <laughs> and, and, I, and I saw that firsthand too with, with growing up. Um, I'm nine years older than my younger brother. So a little bit similar. I know you're, you're 10, I'm nine years older. And he was a little bit more rambunctious than I was. And with more, a lot more energy. And I would always point out to my parents, and you know, I'm like, what's going on with, why aren't you, you used to do all this to me and then you're letting all this, like, and they're like, slide. oh no, yeah, everything slide. And I'm like, and it's much worse. And still, and they were like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Now I understand after yeah. having some of my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it is scary too. You know, you just have someone where you put, put everything in, you know, if you think about our parents and like just leaving your home and like going to a new country and, like these things are just, they're extremely difficult, you know? And so just 
putting everything in your child and just that's what you do everything for you know leave your your parents for your own children so you know so i just why, don't want to disappoint them of course yeah i, I completely understand well why did they even leave turkey in the first place so man it's you know turkey's a great country but you know sometimes like life is just way harder than it is in, in america man people don't really realize how how great this country really is, you know, like we're talking about, you know, young successful guys or, you know, starting a business in Turkey and like, you know, me doing all the things that I'm doing here. It's just, it's way more difficult. You know, you need your connections, you need all this, but you know, in, in America, my parents and I just believe like, this is a, this is a country where you work hard and, you know, you get the fruits of your labor you know, so that's ultimately why my parents left to so see it would be better for me in America than it growing up in Turkey, you know, so like my, my parents growing up, they had extremely difficult lives too, you know, just with their parents and like, they just wanted to give me a better opportunity. That's why they left. Yeah. And no, that makes sense. True. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you grew up in Gaithersburg, you went to high school where? Quince Orchard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Quince Orchard High School. Yeah. And then, and then. Mm -hmm. Then to Towson, yeah. Okay, and then from there, yeah, where I to... actually studied economics. Oh, really? <laughs> so, I, yeah. yeah, I've so I've always been interested in construction. You know, so construction has always been my thing, and I love econ too. You know, it's not that I don't like it, and I still actually really miss it, but it's it's just you know the opportunities are not really there for yeah. econ. So yeah. I've like, while I was working, like I've been working all through high school, like basically 75% through college. And it's always been something that's construction focused. Okay. Like first it was just like tools. You know, I was working, I worked at Sears selling tools. Then I, and then I went and well, what really broke me into the whole construction world is I, the Watergate hotel in DC, it's that the new one that just got renovated in the infamous hotel. So one summer, during I think it was freshman summer of college they brought in a Turkish crew to do the tile work in the 500 bathrooms of the hotel okay. and they brought 30 guys over here but they none of them knew English right so it was they were looking for someone to come on site and be with them every single day and just translate whatever the superintendent is trying to say to the guys so I had I had that opportunity which you know I'm extremely grateful for you know it was it was really difficult it was six days a week starting from like 6 30 to almost 4 30 every day during summer right freshman college summer and it was i just had to take that opportunity you know working with those guys so i had four months of field experience straight in the source with straight to the source with all my all those guys so that's what really turned me on to the whole tile and flooring game once i saw the the guy that I was translating for, the boss of my company, he was making millions of dollars and he didn't even know English. <laughs> so okay. that's when I was like, okay, there's definitely something here for to, to focus on. So during college, that first first job in the construction world really you know how how did you land to everything? How did you land that job over the summer? Honestly, that one was, that was like just a word of mouth. They were looking like they had, they were trying to find people that could do the job, you know, and I, I pride myself on how much I care about Turkish. 
So I, I speak Turkish pretty fluently. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, people in the community were just asking for, you know, who could go and do this. It's like, they're paying for it. It's like, we can't find anyone who is willing to work okay. at on the job site for it. You know, it was a four month stretch too, where sure. it was just like, you, you couldn't quit halfway through or anything. So that's how I heard about it. But you know, it's, it's just like anything, man, you know, you have to, luck is being in the right place at the right time with the right circumstances, you know, and then it's, I remember the first day when I was going to get that job, like when I went to the interview, you know, I was in a full suit and tie and it was like a hundred degrees outside. And I walked onto this job site and then like all the guys started just laughing at me. And then when they started laughing, that's when I knew I was like, okay, I already know I'm going to work with these guys. So then ever since then, just the next day too, like it was just a go, you know, I had no time to do anything. And then it was just four months straight of just being on site, man. And like, being on site is is really something else because it's just like the sunrise, the early morning. It's like it's like a small city, you know. You what I learned there was really how the organization between all of these different trades on. You know, you have four hundred people on this job site almost, and everybody's going to exactly where they have to go, doing exactly what they have to do every single day. And the next thing you know, the whole building is finished. And now you go to that hotel, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, and you know, all of that tile work was was done by those guys. That's nice. So your, your direct boss there for a was it the superintendent for the American company or is it part of the Turkish company? So it's an, it was, it was an American company that had, that was hiring a Turkish company and I worked for the Turkish company under the American company. So I was translating for a superintendent of the American company who's talking to the Turkish guys. Uh, Okay. Okay. I see. Okay. I, I understand. So yeah. that opened that opened your eyes more on the field training and the construct in the construction field, right? Yeah, you know, like it was just fake it till you make it, man. You know, I would I would grab my drawings in the morning, I would like go over them, like try to comprehend what they were saying, you know, patch patch stuff in there. And you know, all the guys on site is where I just had this immense just bank of knowledge, you know. So like all you know, they have me, there's this guy that they can shoot the shit with. They were all bet in the morning. They'd be like, Hey, come, come, let me teach you something. Come work with me. Like everybody's in their individual bathrooms laying tile. So they would just beg for me to come and like hang out with them while they were installing. You know, I would go, go, I would go check out like bathroom 425, 50% completed. I'd be up there. You know, he's explaining all these things to me. And I always, you know, I always really wanted to start my own company too. Like I've, I've always just, even going in there, you know, I knew I was going to start a company one day, but you know, there I, I, I saw that it wasn't too complicated, man. It just, it could be done. You know, it could be done. What was that the first spark you would say that led you into like, let me look into this flooring business maybe one day. Yes. You know, that, that is, that's exactly what that spark did because you know, you just really, when you can see a business, from the inside, right? And it was at this, I felt responsible too. You know, like it's really about also counting on people. Like someone gave me that sense of responsibility that just, you know, gave me the confidence. And when I got that confidence, another key point was I was translating like the meetings between, like I would not only translate on site, but I would go with the owner of the, the Turkish company and the owner of the American company. So I would translate these meetings where we were negotiating like you know 1.2 million dollars 
I'm looking for. He's a worse nigga. He's like, I don't know much about, you know, I'm translating for him, but I'm at, actually, I'm the one negotiating with this owner of this $50 million company. So when I was in that and like, they were trying to like, pers- like they were trying to get their system to go way longer and they needed me to be in between both of them. So I just refused to do that because I was going back to school. But, you know, they had, they had this long plan that they had and, and I saw that I was vital to that plan, you know? So, so my goal originally was a little way different than elevation flooring, but I just wanted to take my Turkish guy and I wanted to take this American company out of the equation. I wanted to find the business and then I'd have the guys to do it. Okay. You know, that, that's what I, my goal was. That's the spark that first hit. Okay. So, so you would be almost like, let's say the GC, for example, and they'll be your sub and they'll come in and do the work. Yes. So yeah, well, like right now we have in our own, an elevation flooring, say 85% of the work that is done is by our own guys. Okay. And we will, we'll sub out work that, you know, we're getting too busy for, or, you know, there's good reasons to sub sometimes. Sure. But just the same way, I have nothing to do with those guys that I originally had the plan with, but it's kind of a similar system. Okay. I understand. So the, that, that's the summer of freshman year at Towson. So that lets the spark up. Then you go back to school. And then from there, I guess during the summer, whenever you can, you're still working, doing some type of construction so, here and uh, there. Yeah. So, so after doing the translating thing, I go back to school and then I find, I work as an account manager at a flooring company. So then I go from working on site to being selling the stuff. So I was, uh, I was doing apartment complex flips. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would just, you know, I'd be like, oh, you, you have 10 different apartment templates. I mean, uh, floor plans, right? Let me measure all 10 of them, have them all in our account. And anytime you need an install, say I need A, B, and C done, three, ba- three each and really quick turnovers. You know what I mean? Not, not the residential, oh, let me pick this, just real, sure. just business to business yes. account management. So then that's where I saw, again, you know, just the, the incompetency in the construction business is just gross, Otto. You know, you, you'll see there's this business is just not just flooring. All of the construction industry is just filled with dinosaurs who, are, who refuse to change the way they do business. And the only thing they care about is keeping the other person out. The new, I don't want to change anything I do. I want to pass this business to my son. He's going to run it. And all I need to worry about is keeping everybody else out, right? So that is, that is the circumstance you'll, fit, you'll, you'll face if you're electrician, plumbing, any type of trade and form. So at the company I was working at, you know, the boss, tippy top boss, he was the most clueless person out of everybody, you know? And that, that gave me the real spark where I was just like, okay, like I'm, I'm selling it now. I saw how it did, was on site. I was like, it's just, it's not that complicated. It can't be done. Mm-hmm. So then that's junior year of college. Then I go back to school and then I eventually graduate. And then I work, I ended up working for a real, like a real subcontractor, man. Like someone who is a very, very like professional company, like full benefits. Like I was a, I was a project engineer. So I was like going to be a, no, a real project manager on these big time jobs and, and stuff like that. And then I actually got fired from that job, believe it or not, just extremely unexpectedly. You know what I mean? And, and I was, I I can't explain my feelings after that, but I was just, I was angry. I was, I was embarrassed. I was, you know, I I couldn't even believe it. 
But there, you know, they spent a lot of time on training, man. Like they flew me out to multiple cities to receive training. Get, I got all this corporate training of like how to manage like a beautiful company. Like, well, how to, I saw how a beautiful company was managed. Mm-hmm. So then I learned a lot there and then I unexpectedly got fired. Then I found this other job at doing the same thing. Well, like what I was trying to get to the next step, I got fired from that job and then I got a better job the next day. Well, like next week doing the next step I wanted to, which was real project management on commercial flooring projects. So you're right. Exactly what I'm doing right now. I started doing. So I went from on the field to selling to managing. And then at that point, the key, the real key that changed everything. I met the people that filled my weaknesses. So at, at my, those jobs, I, I found my two partners, which was just, where everything changed because now I could rely on two other people that could just, you know, that were absolute superstars. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like my partners are really great at what they do. And like our, our team is just, it's fantastic. But yeah, so almost four different companies that I worked in, in like a span of like three years, but like all flooring and all like construction based. Yeah. With those those two other partners, they were still they were working, I assume, and then you decided to join forces and form your own company. Yeah. So this is it's really funny because everybody has like you know, I was working one of my partners I was working with, so he was right next to me every single day at my last company, and I and I was like, dude, I was like, we got to do this. It's one other person. And like, we knew our weaknesses. So we were both office guys, but we needed someone that we could trust in the field to, to do everything. So then, you know, we went through back and forth. I was like, dude, I'm about to fucking quit and start my own company. I'm about to quit and start my own company, you know? And he's like, dude, you're crazy. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then that back and forth went for a long time. Well, like, you know, business plans have been created. Like I was ready to just like say whatever and just hop right into it. And then one day I met my third partner. So he, he's the one who's basically, he has like a crew of 20 guys, almost 25 guys. And they do big time work in this area. Like for, they've been doing it for other companies before. And I actually hired him on one of my own projects that I was a project manager on. So then I saw his crew and I was like, man, this is the best crew I've ever seen. Let's be business partners. So like 15 minutes into meeting him, I called my other partner. I'm like, hey, I found the guy. So then within that one hour of all of us meeting, it was decided that you know, the company, and then a week I quit two months ago, and then my other partners with us anyway. So yeah, it, it was a, a gradual, like it took like six months to leave my company, start this new company. And then the company was started in November, 2017. We didn't get our first project until March, 2018. So it took us five months to get a project. It was $1,500. But yeah, my, my partner and then, you know, my other partner. So one is the brains, right? One, one who is, is project knowledge and product knowledge is just on a whole nother level. I deal with sales and managing the day-to-day of the business. And my other partner is, is the one on site. And he's just, he's just blowing out the jobs. Okay. And yeah, with, with them, it's been great. That's awesome. How, how was it the first, like you said, the first, what, five months without a sale? And then that first sale was $1,500. And here is it just three of you trying to try to make it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So at the be- so at the beginning, so in November, we all came together. We put fifteen hundred dollars into a bank account, right? So we had this one bank account with forty five hundred dollars in it. Then we went. We found this apartment. Like, we found somewhere in Hyattsville, Maryland, right, right out of DC. That was one room on like the seventh floor of this random building, and it was six hundred dollars a month. So we started our lease January, and then we were like, okay, we have x you know we have six months of rent you know and we were like we have to just we're going to stay in here we're not taking any like salaries were out of the like that's the best thing about my partnership is because none of us like everybody knows what's coming you know we've never had to argue about really money or like i never had to worry about someone pulling out or taking too much like we were never concerned about the money aspect of anything and that's why it's all just been so smooth but regardless january you know we and it's it's scary man the unknown like looking back at where we are today and that i don't know how heck i did that you know and anyone who's you know in that where they're trying to decide if they should start a business or not there's not going to be something that says go and do this or there's nothing that says oh you're doing a good job it's just you got to just go and go and go and go until something happens you know no one's going to reaffirm you along the way so we were like one month in, two month in, just baiting projects, not winning anything. And then just, you know, we were going around just saying, who wants flooring done? You know, and eventually someone gave us a $1,500 project and then it just started from there. Now, this is business to business. So you're calling other contractors? Are you calling GC so they can say, hey, I, I need flooring bid? Yeah, so originally the the goal of the business was to do flips, you know what I mean, for investors and property owners. Okay. Not really GCs. But the whole business has changed so many times, you know, and eventually we just we shifted more so to to working with GCs, starting our office in Istanbul to to, you know, to work on that GC aspect. Now we have our estimators and they're consistently working on these projects and, you know, the GC part of the business is almost starting to just run itself. So now it's more so what I'm really focused on and my director of business development for the next year's, the new year's focused on is just small business and working directly with small businesses, no general contractors and, you know, designing projects and helping people pick where to use what, you know, and especially for people like you where we provide value is not, not only do I save you money on the upfront construction, you know, I, I, I say I, I have the cheapest, best prices, not the cheapest, but I have good pricing, right? where I save money in the upfront, but really where you get the benefit of elevation flooring is when you raise your rent and you start charging your tenants more and then you make more money because your amenities are really nice and your floor is really nice. Really get turned. So who spends a dollar with elevation flooring gets a dollar 50 back. You know, no one really loses money spending money with us because the value really is there. Okay. So it's it's really establishing now the relationship, not much more with not much with the general contractor, the GC, but with just other businesses. Yes, well, well our relationship we work with about a hundred different general contractors right okay. now. Almost we've done two hundred and eighty projects so far. Uh, the whole you know since conception about a hundred this year, so. All of most of that is with general contractors and vendors directly. Yeah. Okay. But so that's why I want to shift this new year to to just working with people directly because, you know, 
I've just noticed people don't take the right advice they should, you know, mm-hmm. oh, and they lose a lot. They lose a lot of things. <laughs> so I, I want to talk to clients directly and I want to help them save and you know value. So that's, that's what I'm looking to do, but it's, it's hard to find business owners, you know, directly and stuff. Huh? Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that's what I would think too. How, how has the business shifted from the start, just the three of you to where you are now? So, so the, the business really shifted. Like I said, we were trying to go into more so apartment flipping and things like that. But, you know, we eventually just started shifting to bidding and winning bids. So, you know, this is, there's flooring, com- residential flooring companies, but a lot of commercial flooring companies operate on this model where you have, we have a bids email. So all the clients that we work with send links for projects that are starting soon now. And we work with them the whole way through for pricing, you know, to give to their clients, get back, try different options, add this room, add that room. That negotiation process takes a long time. So instead of the original thought process of having account managers getting apartments, it shifted to getting estimators, getting really good estimators and helping our clients from the start as early as possible, budgeting and designing. Okay. And, and back then for kind you said it started with just three of you, you and the two other mm-hmm. partners, how does the team look like now? So the team right now, we have eight people that work in our office full time. And then we have eight people who work in so we have 16 people who thought trying to make happen every day. Field. There's that that fluctuates, but there's minimum probably 10 to 15 guys in the field too. Okay, and, and you said that's also includes part of the team in Turkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I, I'm curious, how does that work? Because you said you have estimators there, so. How, how does that whole process work from, I guess, the start to, so you send estimates there? No, we, the estimates come to our email. Okay. And our, and our, and our estimators work through the jobs that get, we get invited to. Okay. So, okay. so they'll go through, they'll, they'll like, they'll just, you know, we have our software and they put blueprints through the software. They measure, you know, rooms and get quantities of how, which material is going where. So they take like a week doing their takeoffs. They get pricing. We have estimates, negotiate when the project, order the materials, and so on. Okay. Okay. I, I understand. What would you say drives you or motivates you? So I, I always say like, honestly, I don't care about a lot of money. You know what I mean? I think like, you know, I don't want like crazy things. I think I ha- if I have enough money, I could be content. What's really important for me is ethically doing this business. You know what I mean? So like, I, I think there's that curve where, you know, being the ethical business hurts you when you're ethical, but once you've really proved yourself to clients, you become sort of recession proof. You know, your word of mouth is really strong. 
and it's it's a lot more hard to fluctuate as a business so we're trying to and believe it or not there's a lot of unethical people in commercial construction where you know yeah basically the bottom line of what what motivates me one is i'm worth with people that i really like love you know like these are all the people that i work with right now are people that i knew from high school or college you know in turkey it's my cousin you know and I'm just doing this with the people that I love working with, you know? So like it goes back to like when I worked at these really shitty places. Right. And I was always worried about, you know, fitting in with like the older management or, you know, not getting late, like being late can get you fired. You know, the the stupidest, I don't sweat anything with, with my, you know, team and I'm not worried about them at all. I'm, I'm really happy that sometimes they don't have to work that hard you know there's some days where we're chill you know i'm not pressed about the maximum that we can get out every single day so i I like being able to chill in my own business and and two what really motivates me is you know doing cool projects you know it's so we've done like work for pepsi you know pepsi and a pure bar freaking so so many man so many of the businesses that you've missed shirley's cafe uh, Weiss markets, Lidl markets, you know, I, let me just, let me just go look at the, the projects that like r- right now, like, you know, George Washington university, uh, jo- you know, Georgetown university, McDonough hall Fort Belvoir, AT&T headquarters, Georgetown, uh, Goddard schools, kinder cares, Dogtopias. Uh, You've done everything, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, Pet Supplies Plus, uh, Subaru, uh, multiple Bank of Americas, you know, and, and just like really cool projects, man. Like, so go, going by these places and just, you know, pointing out jobs that you've done, that's really my, my favorite part because it just feels like I'm, I'm part of like the city. You know, I always say Baltimore is my city. And, you know, I just feel like I'm a part of Baltimore being in the construction. You know, I know about the new jobs coming out. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, there's Top Golf coming up here in like a year or so. And it was like, oh, really? Right there. You know, so I, I love being a part of the construction business. And I love being successful in the construction business because it's just fun as shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. You feel like you leave your mark. I feel the same way when I'm driving by and, I, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is a client or that's a client or I did that deal or that other deal. Um, it, that's a beautiful exactly. thing about about real estate or, or commercial real estate. Um, you, you're able mm-hmm. to see it; it's it's physical. You can touch it, um, and you leave yeah. your mark. You know, see, seeing your fin, like especially seeing these jobs, like seeing them go from zero to a hundred too. You know, like co- going in somewhere, there's nothing. You know, we're gonna build something from zero, and we're gonna get it done. And like I'm a part of that process, even though I come all the way at the end. I just love seeing things created, man. And that's, that's really the best part of construction. Perkin, I understand you started in Hydesville, just outside of the DC borderline there. Mm-hmm. What, what made you move from Hydesville to now the Baltimore area? So we've moved businesses three times, man. Three okay. times. So three times in one, three years. Three times in three years. The first <laughs> one was about a 10 by 15, literally just a room, right? Yes. Then, then we ended up working at a deal where we sub-leased subleased a where like a office space from someone with a warehouse so we had half a warehouse and half an office space so then we moved because we needed a warehouse but now we have this beautiful facility that's like six thousand square feet where we have half of it's a warehouse and half of it's an office so this is our real place 
Okay. Now we have a five-year lease. So what really brought me here out of, you know, trying to stay close to DC, it's, it's just, I like being in between DC and Baltimore because okay. there is a lot of work out here too in Baltimore, but you know, it's a little quieter out here too, man. Otto, when you go down to DC and like being in that traffic and stuff every day, it's just, it is a lot, man. I like Baltimore. <laughs> it's a, it's a smaller city. I mean, DC is the bigger yeah. out of the two. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. So. Um, started three years ago with three guys. You told me now the size of the business and all this three year time for kind of, what would you say you're most proud of thus far and what you guys accomplished? Well, what I'm most proud of, man, is we just hit over a million square feet installed since the beginning. So at, at the start of our business, like we, we knew we, you know, everybody looks for that one metric that will never lie, you know? So like revenue can lie, anything, like a lot of the numbers that you see can lie. Girls lie, everybody lies. <laughs> so we were looking for that one metric that would just always tell us that our company was successful as long as it was going up. So we always knew if we tracked how many square feet we were installing, no matter how much profit we were making off of it, we're probably making money. So we were tracking that blindly. And then, you know, it really hit 1 million, you know, when, when something you're counting hits 1 million, you know, it, it's, it's just a really great. So I'm just, I'm really proud of how fast we got, into competing with the big boys, man. You know, my competition, the people that I really compete with are $100 million, $40 million, $30 million companies, you know? So within, since inception, the last three years, we've created 10, almost 10 million, $8 million of revenue, I would say minimum. In, in just the past year alone? Well, in three, in the past three years. Oh, in the, the past three years. Year, okay. Yeah, and the, so last year we did, our second year we did $4 million. So this year we're about to just, slightly surpassed that in our first year i think we did like 700 or 800 so we were really expecting for a blowout year this year but with everything that happened it didn't happen but it, it was also a blessing in disguise you know it, it really made us slow down but again like maybe even not this again what you touched on i'm i'm really proud of the environment that the company is in man it's just with the people we like, you know, everybody here enjoys being here. I hope all my employees feel secure about their jobs, you know, and like, I, I also realize, like, you know, how talk, talking to people and taking care of them, like if someone is lacking in something, you just need to talk to them. Most likely they can fix it, you know, and it's, it's a lot deeper than just coming and going, hiring and firing, you know, yeah. I, I'm, it's, it's a, it's a long, long game. So I've, I've learned that about people too. How has a COVID affected your business? Man, so COVID has, has had, had its like positives and negatives, man. So positive, I'll say the negative first. So negative wise, again, we spent a lot of investment on this year. We were expected to do a lot more, hoping, hoping to do a lot more. And that just like, it slowed down. Work slowed down in construction. We noticed that people were going with like, no one wanted to go with a new company. No one wanted to take a new risk this year a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we would be able to persuade companies to try us out, you know, because they had so many projects going on they needed to. But when they have, when they're more selective, you know, sometimes they're just like, I already know who this guy is. I'm not going to try someone out there. So we, we saw that affecting us, but, you know, positively, we had time to collect a lot of accounts receivables. So in, in, a, in a business where you have cash flow issues, you know, sometimes 
external factors slowing it down just lets you collect money and stop spending it constantly you know mm -hmm. so we were able to collect money we got we got an economic injury disaster loan you know what i mean so like mm -hmm. we were having trouble getting funding everything we're doing is cash 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 credit cards build you know different different finance methods to just get things running you know so we got a nice loan from the government at a really great rate so that was huge for us so a lot of and you know we were still bidding just as much work we didn't slow down bidding wise so i'm just i'm kind of I'm, I'm okay with everything man covid it again it just added more of a character to this business we feel like we aged three years in one year you know, and <laughs> so we're just, now we feel fucking in, invincible, you know, and we feel, we feel strong, like every single day we feel stronger. Like today is the strongest day Elevation Forum has ever had, you know, financially, whatever it is. So we're still way stronger than we were at the beginning of the pandemic. And that's all that matters. That's a great attitude. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. W what advice would you give someone if someone just was starting out and, and they wanted to form their own construction company or let's say their own flooring company, similar to what you do, what would you tell them? So like, I feel like our generation growing up, we've been infatuated with these like, Oh, this startup in Silicon Valley and it's an app and it's technology and it's new. And people have been obsessed with this new and what can I invent? What can I start? If you're trying to start something, start a service business you know what i mean start somewhere where you can trade your time for dollars you know that that is where you you're going to be profitable from day one you're going to be able to expand at, at whatever you feel comfortable with, and you're going to control your business the most you know we, we've been ingraining this into children's head that hey go get this investment and be millions of dollars in debt and then sell your company to somebody else and then you, you'll be good you know that's just not the way to make it nowadays the tax codes and everything that this country is built upon is starting your own business. And, you know, that's why on your W-2s, you're paying a 30% tax rate, but business owners can write off whatever they want almost, you know? So it, it helps you keep your money in your pocket and that's what you got to do. That, that would be my number one advice is to, talk, to start a service business. Okay. I love that. I love that. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now in your role with Elevation Flooring? The, the biggest challenge we have right now, man, is, is getting out of the startup mindset, you know? So as a startup, you can wing it, you know, you, you don't have to have as many systems in place. You haven't seen too many different circumstances as you grow. Like I'm not even talking about the funding and the money. Every single thing has to be mapped out for the business. Like your warehouse can't be lacking. Your warehouse systems can't be lacking. Your job description on your project coordinator can't be lacking. Your every single thing in your business has to be mapped out. And if your business is changing every single day, it's really hard to keep continuously mapping everything out. So as someone, I used to be obsessed with writing business plans, writing systems and, and writing everything. And I just can't keep up anymore. You know, so the biggest struggle that I have is I, I'm seeing that there is this, like someone has to come and kind of, I don't know, teach me how to, to take this company from being a startup to 40, $50 million. Cause it's totally different. Okay. But that, that's my biggest difficulty. Other than that, 
You know, I even see pro problems are a good thing, man. I, I hate problems I can't see. You know, problems you find out. I see it as a blessing if I have a problem in front of me and I can like fix it in an appropriate time manner. Like as a business owner, problems shouldn't scare you. You know, you should just be confident in yourself to solve problems. You should just kind of be a net that doesn't let anything get through. You know, problems are going to come up every day, you know, and you can't stress about that at all. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. What do you know now for a kind that you wish you would have known back then in the start of your career? That honestly, Otto, I never realized how long this whole thing was going to take. You know, I, everybody used to say, Oh, three years, five years. And I was like, you guys are stupid. You know, it may take you five years, but it's going to take one year. You know, <laughs> I used to have that mindset, but every day I come into this business, I'm just like, man, this is going to take a very long time. And, and that's why I've been like kind of talking about how I've been cozy and job security. And with these guys, I just want my employees with me two years from now. Cause I know we're, you know, it's the problems that we're facing today are going to be like nothing then. Mm -hmm. So just realize how long this thing is going to take. Don't be in a rush to make money and, you know, be comfortable with like, just realize that just because you're poor and sad doesn't mean you're going to be poor and sad forever, you know, and yes. it's like, it will, you will get out of it. So just like, enjoy it even when you're poor, because it's just, you know, life is short. Just enjoy everything. Don't be sad about the past because the past builds the future. Um, yeah. That's what I would past. say. Because I, I spent, I spent a lot like, I used to be a lot more stressed out. Otto. Like last year, I used to stress about everything. I used to think about everything. I used to wake up Saturday mornings anxious, checking my phone, emails, calls. Oh, wow. You know? So that's what, you know, I regret those days, man, where I just was just about the business when everything was just going to be okay. You know, and, and you realize that things you never expected come up, change circumstances. And you're like, why did I care so much? You know, so I'm just, you know, just enjoy the ride is what I would have told my old self. So what changed from last year as far as your reaction to certain things? Because it sounds like that was more of a mind shift change for you, right? I just, cause at one, one day I just realized that like, it's just not going to stop. Like the one thing that's causing me stress, I'm going to figure it out. The next one's going to come. The next one's going to come and the next one's going to come. And then just at a, at a certain point, you just have that maturity to just know that like, you know, the experience is just like, this is just a part of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, it, this is really important. And it, like, when that happens, instead of trying to react and focus even more on work, sometimes I've learned how to say, Ferk, just step a sec, step back, turn up the music, have a drink, you know, it's going to be here tomorrow and you're going to figure it out tomorrow. Because like, as a business owner, no one will also, also point out to you and say, hey, man, you're burnt out. Like, you're not performing at 100%, you know. So I've realized when I'm not at a hundred percent, I learned how to focus on myself, get my mind straight and then come back and then be twice as more productive, twice as more valuable to okay. the business. I love that. I don't know if you've had any mentors uh, throughout your career, but if you have, who would you say is, is your biggest one that comes to mind and what did you learn from them? Hmm. So, man, I've had a, I've had a couple mentors, but someone who I really owe a lot to is, is the guy who gave me that first chance, man. You know, the one that I had on the job site who, who just brought me along to those high level meetings to translate for me, like 
that is someone I can't repay back because he's also the person who taught me that like the shit, it's like, just not that complicated. You know what I mean? He, he was the one that was like, you're going to start your own company. I know you are, you know, he wasn't afraid of that. And he, he just, he, you know, he pushed me for it. He, he realized like he wasn't jealous. You know, some people want to hold other people back. You know, I had someone who was really ready to help me and I still call him, you know, there's, there's this concept of experience, you know, when, when I, I used to think that was just this lame term, but people who have been doing something for 20 years, they have this sense of knowledge that you don't, no matter how much you read, write, do anything or practice or study, that experience is something you can never compensate for. So anytime right now, I feel like I don't know what to do. I can call someone like that who, who does have a solution. So my first mentor would be my guy that gave me, my, my best mentor would be the guy that gave me the first chance. Yeah. Back at uh, the Watergate. Yeah, at the yeah. Watergate Hotel. Okay. Yeah. Um, what does the future hold? How does what does the next five year looks for you in Elevation Flooring? I mean, right now, man, it's it's like I would say we have a really exciting future, man. Like with with Turkey, with with our business right now, we're really trying to solidify all of our systems so they can be scalable and replicated. So our our goal for the next two years is to really hammer out everything we do here. And then hopefully just continue expansion because I don't, I don't think about my competition at all. I really don't. I don't, I don't take them seriously. So hopefully like our only competition is ourselves. So yeah, I feel the same way. Let me ask yeah. you this. You mentioned a comment earlier for a saying how you were going up against bigger companies doing 40, 50, a hundred million. And I assume mm -hmm. these are all flooring companies, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, is there, and some of it in, in certain businesses, they're the old stodgy dinosaurs, like you said, too. Not to say that's who they are. I don't know their business. Um, but do you think you're doing something different to differentiate yourself? Or how, how is that? Because so first and foremost is passion. Okay. So, sorry, what were you going to say? No, because what I was saying is it, it's very, it's uncommon to see um young people come in into this into this like you said what attracts them is what the media is selling what's on tv what you see online like you said this new technology company is now a billion dollar unicorn but not many people want to go into a service industry such as yours a service company that provides commercial flooring um mm -hmm. so when you see these bigger companies 40 50 100 plus million and here comes a young buck uh trying to break in like you said they might not want to give you that room um so there, there, there needs to be ways to stand out or do some things differently than what they do, right? Mm -hmm. So execute-wise, I would say we're really similar to, to – I'm going to rephrase this. So with, with the companies that we're competing with, the, the concept of the – like Istanbul, the office, you know, that's a huge part of our grand system. You know, it's the – to, to train people who are wizards. A lot of my competitors are doing the same thing, right? But they're outsourcing it to third party companies they don't own, right? We, we refuse to, to do that. So we, we are taking the time to take almost, we've been working on this for about a, almost two years now to train employees, to start them from zero and to do it the long way and to do it the right way, right? So by taking the time to set that up, and having them be our own employees, the harder, the long-term way. And I'm getting my clients, 
you know, answers and feedback way more quicker and way better. So just in the, the services, the start of that, then, you know, there's all of these foreign companies, they just have gimmicks, man. A lot of them have in with vendors, they're my, like woman owned businesses, minority owned businesses. And it's just like, it's just etching away their advantages. So I don't need to do anything better than them, but I just need to stop them from having advantages over them, over me. In, in a service business, you don't have to worry about doing something new again. You just have to worry about doing what you say you're going to do right. You know, they don't want me to come and install the floor before everybody else. You know, they want me to install that floor on that day they tell me to, you know. So that's what I do. I promise the day that you want me to, I'll be there, you know. Not ahead of schedule or whatever. You know, right there, that day, always on time. So what sets us apart is we take the long-term approach to problems. We don't try to find the easy way out. We try to minimize the advantages other people have on us and again, you can throw this all the way back to number one, passion, man. I'll, I'll, I, I don't think anyone else wants it more than we do, you know? And like either the company has been passed down to, from the father, right? Or the guy's really old. There's no new competition. So the son doesn't care. The son just wants to not lose the company, right? And the guy doesn't care because he's so old. So I don't yeah. need to do anything new. <laughs> Okay. Last question. What do you like to do in your free time? Man, in my free, ideally in my, my free time, I, I just like just doing nothing, man. Like sometimes like achieving that sense of nothing is really difficult though, because when you're thinking about your break you know or you're chilling you know i i really enjoy in my free time being able to just do whatever i feel like doing so whatever that might be on that day like going outside seeing my friends like in in my free time i just like being like up to myself so but i don't know man i don't know what my hobbies are i don't know if i have that's fine i mean (laughs) just doing your thing yeah yeah. But there's there's one more thing. I kind of closed like the top, the podcast that I was doing with Nick with this too. Like people have this sense of they always are, you know, someone is holding me back. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, first and foremost, everybody in this world has to believe they can do it. You know, if you don't believe truly you don't believe you can do it, you'll never be able to do it. You're you're already losing before it starts. You know, and truly making a difference in this world comes from people who can get stuff done. So we can sit here and we can complain every single day about the man and how he's stopping us and how we don't have enough money. Or we can all as a collective become entrepreneurs, start these services business, get these old people out and then create the conscious world where we care about the environment and we can create the world we want to create by working hard and being entrepreneurs like this new concept of the evil business owner, the evil companies that just needs to be done with. Like we need people like Elon and, and people that want to change the world 
with good intentions because that's an unstoppable force. Yeah. You know, and when, when companies go public and all of that, their passions are maximizing profits for shareholders and investors, right? But us as the service entrepreneurs, our goal is to maximize profits for all of our employees. You know, bring on people that you want to make rich with them, you know, and make sure like that bottom line or the, you know, a lot of the profits, share them with all of your employees, you know, and create an environment where people are happy to work, happy to come to. They're not, you know, they're not worried about their jobs. They don't need to consistently fake it, you know, because a lot of people, they're just really good at faking it, you know, and create an environment where people can be themselves and produce and be independent feed their families and just be happy. And multiple of these, if I f- watch out for all of mine, you watch out for all of yours and everybody's good, this world's going to be a way better place. And that's how we're going to fix it. I love it. Furcon, lastly, where can people reach, if they want to reach out to you, find out more information about you or your company, what, what's a good resource? My cell phone number is 301-525-1343. Oh, wow. Give me the cell phone. Okay. 525-1343. And my email is F-U-R-K-A-N at elevationflooring.com. Love it, Anyone man. who wants to talk to me, man, you can talk to me. It's it's not that big a deal. Just text <laughs> me, call me, just let me know. And I'm, I'm flattered to give anybody advice on anything. Furcon, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Otto, thank you for having me, man. I know it was a little shaky in the beginning, but I'm glad we did this. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we can do this. Take care, buddy. Take care, Otto. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review and comment and let me know what you think. Thank you, and I'll see you all very soon on the next episode.